Hi, I feel like it's been six months since I've talked to you. And I think part of the problem is that I haven't heard you in my ears. <laughs> well, I did listen to Upgrade, but yeah. generally speaking, I haven't heard near as much mic in my ears as, as I as I prefer. And no, I know it's so today, like when I was putting together on notes, I was like, surely I've spoken about this on analog, or like, oh, we've definitely <laughs> followed. No, we haven't, because we recorded like, ve- like it was like six weeks ago, something like that. I think it was, was our last recording, so it has been much longer than normal because I think I moved it earlier because of my vacation and then moved it later because of my vacation yeah it looks like, like we recorded on the first of november yeah and as we record today it is the, the 13th. 13th of yeah. december so yeah it's been a minute i missed you and you've yeah. been you've been all over man uh, well i just went to one place yeah we'll, we'll get to that in a few minutes but we we've got some we've got some housekeeping to do um I, i'm gonna jump ahead just ever so slightly and tell you that i saw Everyone I know in the UK posting annoyingly pretty pictures over the last like 48 hours. It looks like you guys got a little bit of snow. Yeah, I got a good bit of snow. Uh, no, I'm not trying to snark. Define no. a good bit. because I had a few I centimeters. Learned... It was a few okay. centimeters. Yeah, it was enough where it settled, you know, like which isn't mm-hmm. normal mm-hmm. here. Um, totally. That it settles. So there was enough snow that it settled on the ground and uh, it looked pretty and it was fluffy, <laughs> you know. Um, nice. So, yeah, I liked it. Uh Part of the country shut down, but most of the country shut down anyway because there's lots of rail strikes. So, like, rail strikes on top of snow. London just came to a complete grinding halt yesterday. Oh, Um, cool. That's, like, an apocalypse-like situation. Uh, Like, just, I was, you know, trying to get to the studio yesterday was a bit of a nightmare. And for other reasons, it's particularly quite difficult for me right now, which maybe we'll get to a little bit later on in the episode. Um but yeah, it was it was wild. Where like there's a there's like a coffee shop in my uh, co-working. I call it. It's not a co-working space. So the the building that I rent my studio in is also a co-working space, and it's also studios, <laughs> right? Like it's huge. Right, right. So they have lots, but they have a cafe in them, like lots of these things do. And they sent out an email yesterday. They were like, "Yeah, we're not opening today because no one can get here. It's impossible." Right. Fair enough. No, that's that's got to be a little bit challenging for sure. You know, the the one advantage of being in a place that doesn't believe in public transportation, which is almost everywhere in America, is that you don't you don't miss it, but it's gone because it. it's yeah. basically never there anyway. But uh, but now I've learned over the years. I used to be uh, when I was much younger. I used to be quite a turd about the fact that Virginia basically shut down. Uh, when when I first moved to to Virginia as an adult, when I was in Charlottesville, it would shut down after like three or four inches and. And that is not an insignificant amount of snow, but it's not a tremendous amount of snow. But I was coming from having grown up in Connecticut where mm-hmm. three or four inches was like, maybe you would get a delay going into school. Maybe. Uh, but, you know, three or four inches was not that remarkable. And then here in Richmond, we get even less snow than Charlottesville. And so even the threat of snow and schools are dropping like flies, you know, no, we can't go in. There may be a snowflake. And I used to be a real turd about it and real snarky about it because it's like, oh, it's not that bad. Come on. But I've learned over time that it's all about what what you're used to and equipped to handle. So like in Connecticut, yeah, exactly. In Connecticut, they had 80 bazillion, you know, snowplows, whereas here by comparison, not literally, but figuratively speaking, they have four. So, you know, a little bit of snow really does go a long way. Like if you don't have snow, you don't build your rail infrastructure to deal with snow because that would be a waste of money, right? Exactly, exactly. So I, I totally sympathize. And while the pictures were gorgeous that everyone took, you, you and any of my other friends in the mm-hmm. UK, I, I, I am not jealous of the fact that the world shut down for a little while. 
but it was shutting down anyway this week, so yeah, you may as well just go full shut down. Like if <laughs> if, if it's going to shut down a little bit, you may as well go for the whole thing. Yeah, there <laughs> are rail strikes. Like this is a big one. It's like all week. It's like every day this week. Um, there's like a large selection of the rail network. Some of the overground, uh, some of the underground, like the TFL network, is just mm-hmm. completely shut down. Oof, that's that's real stinky. And there's, I, I, if it's anything like New York, and last time I was in London, it seemed very similar. Like mm-hmm. if if the subway or the underground go, is shut down, that's going to snare up everything. Yeah. Because just everything so you else know, has to you, take you up. You may not know why it's uh, strikes from the unions for pay. So you probably mm. don't know this. So like, I think I've heard just very, very frustrating uh, little rubble for me as a commuter. But I understand why they're doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. no, it's totally. like, but this is the point, right? It's a, they do it so it frustrates me. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. Because then if I'm frustrated, I'm fr- then I get frustrated at the institution. That's the whole point, right? It's to cause. <laughs> exactly. It's like to put the, the the screws on the institution to force them to. Uh, acquiesce to demands. So I hope that everybody wins from it because they should. If I want to be able to use the services. I want people to get the pay that they're entitled to. Uh, I don't believe personally that that infrastructure things like rail should be for profit. Yeah, I agree with you there a thousand percent, but nobody else will agree with us. Yeah, coincidentally, oh, no, uh, I, I would expect that the vast majority of our listenership would agree with that statement. Well, yeah. That, I am fair. clearly, I believe in for-profit industries, right? But <laughs> things like infrastructure, I don't think should be for-profit. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. And actually, Zach brought up in the in the chat exactly what I was about to say, that um, the freight rail here in America... Um, it's a long and involved story, even from what little I've read into it, but suffice it to say that they're being treated like absolute, the workers are being treated like absolute garbage and they threaten to strike. And my understanding is the federal government basically said, "Mm, no, you can't do that. You're too important. And they got some of the things that they were looking for, but they did not get enough in my personal opinion. And it's just, it's all gross and I feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah. You just get enough to tide everybody over until the next set of strikes. Yep, that's exactly right. All right, so we have some follow-up to do, and actually follow out. Um, f- our mutual friends, uh, Alan and Arik, over at Fun Facts, which is a delightful program, um, they, uh, Arik in particular, took up the mantle of, of you saying, well, I can't really get behind American football coming from, or being a, a sport where you don't use your feet for the most mm-hmm. part. And Arik was not really offended by that because you're basically right, but more, well, where does football come from? American football, where does the term football come from? And so in Fun Fact Episode 63, at about 16 and a half minutes, we'll put links in the show notes, uh, Arik and Alan discuss the origin of American football and also soccer. Um, This is in in response to our episode 206, an incredibly British thing happening, which they had commented, and and I I think that's true. What a great title. And I think that was your work. It was a very, very good title. Anyway. Uh, American football basically sp- uh, spawns, uh, came from, you know, traditional football football, like you would think of it. And then it just got, you know, it, it evolved and mutated over time. But also interesting in the episode is, according to Arik, soccer is slang. And maybe you knew this, but I did not. Soccer is slang for association football. And I guess at the point in which this term was coined, I think he said it was Oxford. The, the kids in Oxford like to put er on the end of everything. So like Fiverr for, you know, five, yeah. almost a $5 bill. Yeah, Rugger, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So apparently association became a soccer, and I guess the A just disappeared over time because, you know, yeah. association, et cetera, et cetera, which I, I, I thought that was fascinating. I didn't know that. So the term soccer came from England then? 
Apparently so, or at least if you're to believe Arik, and he's yeah. not one to to shy away from these sorts of deep dives. So I, I believe him. Yeah, I yeah, I liked that ultimately uh it ended up it was like just one guy in America, right? Who just yeah. like changed a bunch of rules and then just created right, right. American football. Which I didn't know. I've been a football fan for basically my entire, like an American football fan for basically my entire life. And I did not know basically any of the history of football. Like I knew vaguely a little bit about basketball coincidentally. And it was a similar-ish story that one yep. person just kind of invented it out of thin air. This was, I guess, less of out of thin air and more of an evolution. But it all makes more sense to me now where it's like, it's called mm-hmm. football because some people in America were playing actual football. Yeah. And yeah, some yeah. people were playing something that was closer to rugby, both British sports, right? Brought over by British people to America. And so mm-hmm. then they just combined them and for some reason kept the wrong name. Right. <laughs> exactly. If the very, American very football was called rugby, everything would make more sense. They chose they had they had two choices for name. They chose yeah. the wrong one. Because I, uh, it is yeah. closer to rugby. It's so it much closer to rugby. Yeah, like you're it's not wrong. different, but it's like even just the way that the pitches look, it looks like rugby. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really want to argue with you, but but you are entirely correct. Um, quick aside, and I bring this up with, with genuine good spirits. Did you pay attention to the World Cup at all? Because I did the very American thing of paying attention to the games in which we played, and then f- completely forgetting that the World Cup existed immediately after we got kicked out. Nah, I didn't, I didn't pay attention okay. to it all this time. I mean, I was aware of like the games as they were happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched some of the America-England uh, uh, game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boring. Uh, <laughs> but overall, I mean, it went as it went. It's a shame. I, felt, I feel sorry for England because uh, we had such a good showing in the European Cup, uh, the European Championship. Uh, that I was hoping we were going to do well in the World Cup. And we did do well, but just not well enough. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, this makes me think of, because I, I don't pay attention to most of these world competitions. Like I'll, I'll occasionally pay attention to the Olympics. I'll pay vague attention to the World Cup. Uh, we, You and I haven't discussed on the program and only briefly discussed privately. Uh, when is What time of year is Eurovision? That That's like springtime or something, isn't it? Uh, maybe. May? <laughs> Something like that? Because it's uh, here we, next. Oh, is it? Well, in, in London or just in England in it's general? It's in Manchester, I think. Okay. We are hosting it for Ukraine. Oh, that's awesome. Well, um, it's also sad that you have to, but that's yeah. awesome that you're stepping up. Yeah, somebody had to, unfortunately, pick up the mantle. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the UK picked up the mantle. Uh, we took it on. And then there was like some bidding... Uh, for the cities that would host it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it ended up going to, is it Manchester? Liverpool. So, oh, oh no. Well, that's, that's very uncouth, <laughs> I've just it? upset everyone in both Manchester and Liverpool. <laughs> and I'm going to go further and say it should have been in London. So, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, you're just making everyone happy right now. Should have been in London. Always. What's the point? Why have it anywhere else? Just do it in London. So there you go. I've, now I've Goodness. effectively upset everyone, except Oops. everyone that lives in London, and ultimately that's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. You are just tripling down. I'm going full word. heel now. Because here's the thing. I've already, I already upset everyone in Liverpool and Manchester, so I may as well just go through the whole, like, just, like, 
just do the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just get everyone on the yeah. same page. Yeah. Uh, you know, we. Uh, this is not something that either of us will remember, but I would love for uh, you and me and 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 Adina and Aaron to try to pay attention when it's going on because whatever year it was, it was several years ago now. We're always paying attention, Casey. It's up. It's up to you, my friend. We watch live every year. Yeah, well, you got to remind me because I never remember that this is a thing, and that's why mm. I was asking what what month it is. And apparently, May is the answer. But anyways, that one year that you and I watched it on, like, what was that like talk, talk show, show or something? Yeah, I remember that. Um, that was a lot of fun, and, and Aaron enjoyed it too. So we should maybe maybe we'll do something in the Discord, or maybe we I don't know maybe we can do some other thing. But uh, we should do that again. So even if I we just like watch it go. privately, oh that'd be that'd be interesting. I'm sure. Is it is it just one day or is it a multi day? It's a three day event because they have semifinals. Okay. So mm, like okay, that's, and they're also changing a lot of the um the way things vote for. But there's the the grand finals on Saturday 13th of May. And they have on Tuesday the ninth and Thursday the eleventh. They have some uh, semifinal stuff. Some we've spoken about this before, but some countries automatically go through to the final because of financial contributions to making it run. The UK is one of those, and that's also why we're hosting. I believe it went to the major contributors. Basically, everybody had to draw the someone had to draw the short straw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and it really is considered that because Eurovision is a very expensive thing to put on. And mm. for the UK, for example, not really a lot of upside. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Um, so, but I, I mean, I'm happy that we're doing it here. We came second. We, we had an absolute stormer. Uh, and I, yeah, hopefully, I mean, I who knows? Maybe we'll maybe we'll pull out a win. That would be great if we win in the UK. Oh, that awesome. would be incredible. What's the soccer phrase? It's coming home. Does, does that count it in this would, context? <laughs> it would actually be coming home. Right, I hope right. Sam Ryder does it again, but we'll see. But so you said 13th of May. That's mm-hmm. the day before Mother's Day here in the States, but that's not a problem. All right. I put it in the calendar. Hopefully I will remember to, and I will see that and I will remember to make something happen. All right. Uh, tell me, uh, speaking of follow-up, tell me what's going on with the house. You've been moved in for like a month, month and a half, something like that. And well, <laughs> not well, when we the, spoke uh, disappearing, we had moved in, I think like the day before. Yeah. Something and- like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so I can now say things were terrible. We were so unhappy. (laughs) And I I was trying to put like a brave face on it, but we were in full on buyer's remorse mode on that day. I'm sorry. That's not fine. No, no, no. It's fine now. But like we were finding things that were wrong with the house, realizing we had to put a load of money into decorating the house that we didn't think we'd need to do. Uh, we thought that we might have a neighbor issue, which we definitely don't have. Uh, we could hear planes, which now we've got furniture and we don't hear them at all. Like we will, it was just like a whole, it was bad, but now things are much better, like much, much better. We're both settled. We're both very happy now. We know we have tons of work to do on the house, but we're going to go through it one by one and do all of those things. And also, like, we've had a bunch of things done and or people coming in and, like, checking stuff, and it's all got all been fine, right? Like, good, all the electrical's good, good, good. been checked and plumbing's mm-hmm. been checked and, like, everything's everything's going well, but it's just a case of, like, we kind of need to redecorate the entire home, which we didn't think we'd need to do. We want to completely rip out and redo the bathroom, which we didn't think we'd want to do, but we definitely do because it's just not set up very well. And I don't think the plumbing was installed very well. Um, So there's like a ton of stuff we have to do. But now we're just like, we're in it. We're moving through. It's going great. Like the the real saving grace for us is we love our neighborhood. It's perfect for us. 
and that's that has awesome. been like a great thing and you know we're we're just very happy with where the house is how it's set up how it's laid out um and so we're just trying to work it out i mean one of <laughs> signing one of the awkward things for us now is like the price of energy i don't know if you're aware of this you don't have to be energy prices in europe and energy prices in the uk right now are bananas like yeah i heard rumblings about this and i think this a lot of this was trickled down from everything going on in, in ukraine right or no yeah it started an energy shortage, and then because of Brexit, we were kind of priced out of a lot of energy in the European bloc. And so, like, mm-hmm. it's just a bit of a nightmare. Like, for example, I do not want to get into this today because I haven't looked into it enough, but I know I'm like, we're opening a coal mine in the UK? In 2022, 2023? Yes. Oh, neato. Which is just like, I can't even fathom it. But like that's the situation that we seem to have found ourselves in when it comes to energy right now. Like, I don't even want to, I've said it, I don't want to think about it anymore because every time I think about that, just that sentence, I my head wants to blow up. Like, I can't handle it. Uh, so, like, energy is, like, wild here right now. And so we always knew that going from an apartment to a house with two floors, which is bigger and just more complicated, uh, because, you know, we're not heated from all sides like we are in an apartment, you know? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We knew it was going to be more expensive, but then our energy is also just way more uh, expensive. I think our energy right, bill is right. going to quadruple. Oh, We hello. were on a very, very good tariff with our energy provider. So, like, we had been saving money for a long time kind of thing, right? Like, we were on a very good fixed rate, mm-hmm. um, and now we can't go on to a fixed rate, so we're on a variable rate, and... Our prices are, you know, like we have these things in the UK called smart meters. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it connects to your electric meter and gives you a price readout of how much money you're spending. Oh, that sounds both awesome and completely depressing. At the it's same really time. great when the prices aren't so high. Like right. sometimes it's like middle of the day or whatever, and I and I open the closet where the the thing is, and it's like. You're at ten pounds. It's like, oh god, and that's just for today, right? It's just like, oh. ah, you know. So it's uh, you know, our energy company. We I spoke about this on this on the show a long time ago. We went with a company that that deals in renewable energy, and we were on like a, I think mostly renewable energy plan. Our energy plan right now is fully renewable, so like, I feel good about that at least but it's very expensive. And even though it's like, we're like, hang on a minute. If energy prices are up because there's a shortage of gas and stuff, then why is the renewable energy so expensive? It's like, well, because it's demand. So the energy prices go up across the board no matter where they're coming from. Mm. That's crummy. I'm sorry to hear that. But it's no genuinely though, it's fine because we were, I mean, we were probably paying like half of what, we would have expected on our previous fixed rate plan anyway. So we and we didn't change our the amount that we were contributing. So we'd built up quite a bit of credit with our energy supplier, and we were expecting it to go up anyway. And you know, this it's it's just one of those things. We're just going to deal with it like everybody else in the UK is like having to deal with it right now. You know, like there's this thing of like you know we were at my mum's over the weekend and like Adina was joking but not really joking like great we're out of the house so we don't have to pay for energy today <laughs> but like that is a thing that lots of people are facing right now and yeah, yeah, yeah. we are we are in a much better position than the vast majority of people in England right now that's really stinky and you know I really want to 
kind of not laugh, but laugh about, you know, well, Brexit seems to have put you in no small part to the, in this place. But uh, I know that it's more complicated than I'm giving it credit for. But It's much more complicated than that. Like, it hasn't helped, but sure. we still would have been in a situation, you know. Right, right, right. Um, and it, that, that or, you know, and this ties back to what I was talking about with the rail strikes earlier, right? It's like people mm. don't have money and everything's more expensive. So... But anyway, the house stuff is going really well. We're we're settling. We're happy, and it's going to take time. Uh, but I'm very like I'm feeling very positive about our future in this place, and good, I'm, good. I'm glad enjoying it. Like I'm enjoying dealing with a home and everything that that entails. Like this is what I wanted, and I'm getting what I wanted. We both are now, so I'm very happy. That's incredible. I'm so happy to hear it. I really am. Uh, you had made mention, pa- passing mention a minute ago, that you really love your neighborhood. To to the degree that you're willing to, can you explore that a little bit? Like, what makes it better, worse, different? You know, what 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 are you happy about? So we have there's like a term in the UK called high street. I think oh, yeah, you'd yeah. maybe mm-hmm. call it like a main street, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We are the the high street in this area is much more populated with interesting stores and regular high street stores. We have like a full post office, which is like awesome that you can just walk to a post office. And we're very closely located to this street. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the transport links are better and we can walk to them. We have like a big supermarket nearby. Like there's just lots of things around. Plus the types of stores match who me and Adina are as people. They're very history, <laughs> right? Um, That's fair. So we've got a lot of that kind of stuff. There are like, a, we've been, we've only been to one right now, but there's like a few nice restaurants in the neighborhood. We keep going back to this one because we really like it, but like we can just do that and I think we're going to do it tomorrow night of like, we just have date nights in our neighborhood, which is That's not a awesome. thing we could do before. You know, like before we had like one and a half nice cafes in our previous neighborhood I say a half because one of them during the pandemic changed from a coffee shop to a grocery store, which was a great oh. idea. They did takeaway coffee still, but they, because they couldn't have people sitting inside, mm-hmm. they made like a mm-hmm. really hipstery curated grocery store, oh, like a pantry cool. store kind of thing. <laughs> and it was great. Um, but then that removed another place in it. But yeah, this neighborhood has way more. And where there are like a lot of neighboring neighborhoods that have similar things and we haven't been to those yet. Um, so we're, we are in the much more located in the part of South London that I've wanted to be in for a while where it is like much hipstery. <laughs> Which makes both of you very happy, I'm quite yes. sure. That is excellent. Now, I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, I could tell that you were not in a stupendous place when we spoke last. Um, and then when when the episode ended, you you or I or we, I don't remember which one it was, it doesn't matter, but we had to go real quick. Normally, we'd hang on for a few minutes and, and chat about, you know, stuff that we didn't want to talk about on the show. And I never really got a chance or and or forgot to follow up with you. So I had a feeling you were not overjoyed and you de- you genuinely sound pretty much overjoyed now so i am very happy about this so tired around like well that that's fair oh it was just a rough time but it's better now and that's what matters it's much better now much much better now you know what makes me feel overjoyed Mm -hmm. the way that british people pronounce the word hover which apparently i am incapable of doing this episode is brought to you by hover (laughs) does that make you happy perfect thank you i was gonna say hover (laughs) like you do hover hover yep that's right Have you ever thought about starting your own business, creating a brand, sharing your wealth of knowledge with the world, or using your years of experience to create something for yourself? 
Or I think we're going to touch on this maybe later on in the episode. Just having a place online that's yours and doesn't belong to anybody else. Hover is where you can go to take that first step in getting your ideas off the ground. If you have a brand that you've always dreamt of building or a business you want to take online, because come on, if you've got a business, what are you not taking it online for? The first step is finding your domain name. Hover makes this incredibly easy with their super simple and clear, straightforward user experience, their easy-to-use tools, and their fantastic, truly amazing support from real friendly humans. It's never too late to step up to the plate and share what you have to offer. Getting online has helped thousands of people around the world reach new heights with their businesses. In addition to the classics like .com, you can get extensions like .shop, .tech, .art. There are over 400 more to choose from, so you're going to find the perfect domain name for your business, one that is memorable, relevant, and boosts your brand. Casey, did you know that .lol existed? I did not. That sounds quite funny. I found this out recently. I feel like there's quite a lot of uh, uh, of options available with .lol. You know what I've seen a lot recently, uh, which I don't recall knowing about, but makes a lot of sense, is I've seen a lot of .social. So, you know, we'll talk about probably later mastodon.social. Mm. And I think they're, I think tapbots is also tapbots.social, something like that. That's so, smart branding. That, 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 yeah, exactly. So you can go check this out for yourself. You can buy a domain, set up custom email boxes, and point it to your website in just a few clicks. If you ever run into trouble, help is just a phone call or chat away. Secure, simple, and reliable, Hover is a trusted and popular choice amongst millions of people launching any kind of brand or business. If you're ready to get your idea off the ground, start with the perfect domain name. Go to hover.com slash analog to get 10% off your first Hover purchase. That's hover.com slash analog for 10% off. Our thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. So you escaped uh, cold weather for a little while and then timed it just exactly right. So you got the good stuff. You got the snow right when you came back. Uh, you were you were in my neck of the woods, kind of, sort of, but not really at all. No, no. Uh, you went on, <laughs> well, you were on the right continent. How about that? Uh, so you you were in California for a little while. We were indeed. We were uh, we went to a few places in California. Mostly went to Beverly Hills. Went to Anaheim. Uh, got to see friends. Got to go to Disneyland. Uh, uh, it was pretty. It was the best vacation we've ever taken. I think. Oh. Uh, oh, is, is, is my, and it started in an odd way. I sprained my ankle again before oh, we left. Lord. Did I tell you um, this? No, you didn't. Did I not tell you this? No, I don't think you did. Maybe so, it, I don't think so. I finished work on Monday. So I did analog. Uh, no, not analog. That's this show. Did upgrade. <laughs> so I called it upgrade. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, I was going to be editing the Yearly Themes Cortex episode. So, mm-hmm. but like taking all other work off, getting that out of the way. Thursday, we were leaving. I left on Monday. On my walk home, sprained my ankle. <laughs> oh, and like no. real bad. Like no. on my honeymoon, kind of bad. Like oh, no. real bad. Oh, and I thought the trip was over because I was in a bad way. So, Adina made me stay at home. Good. And just put my feet up, dealt with it like an absolute champion, uh, just handled the entire getting us ready. Then we got a taxi to the airport on Thursday. Uh, then I was on a plane for 12 hours or whatever, so still continued to rest <laughs> it. And then basically uh, just stayed in our hotels, uh, had lunches if there was a pool, hang out by the pool, uh, basically just not really doing much of anything. Um, we maybe got like a taxi to go somewhere for dinner in the evening. 
really just had a very relaxing time. And then I was good enough for our two days at Disneyland. But the overall about this trip was just because we decided like maximum taking it easy was just like perfect for what we needed. Because if I hadn't done that to my ankle, we would have stayed quite busy during the days going and visiting things, mm-hmm. like going to mm-hmm. see this, going to see that. And we would have been quite active, which I'm still sure still would have been wonderful, but I think wouldn't have been as nice as what we ended up doing, which was basically to just relax for 10 days. Well, eight days. <laughs> no, that's well, I'm sad that you sprained your ankle, but I am very glad that it seems to have compelled you to, to take it easy. It reminds me the way you're talking about this. Uh, when when Michaela was just a few months old, our dear friends Brad and Russell uh, were getting married out in Palm Springs. This was in November of 2018. And so Michaela was a little bit less than a year at that point. And this is the only time I'd ever been to Palm Springs. Um, I'd never been before. I haven't been since. And I didn't know what to expect in Palm Springs. We were only there for a couple of days because, you know, we had this baby at home that we really didn't want to have anyone have, else have to deal with. But, um, but we went and typically when Aaron and I vacation, we're the go, go, go kind of vacationers where we're always wanting to see something, do something, you know, whatever the case may be. And Palm Springs has touristy things, but not in overabundance of them. Or if they did, I didn't see them, didn't find them, et cetera. So what ended up happening was we just kind of sat around for a couple of days and that is not our style. And it was amazing. <laughs> like, I don't know that I would seek out a vacation like that, generally speaking, but oh, it was what we needed at that particular moment in our lives. And it was great. And, and it sounds like you, mm-hmm. you two are in a similar position right here, especially after all the, the house related stuff, you know, you've, you've got that squared away. You're, you're hurtling toward the holidays, which I know for almost everyone on the planet is very busy. It seems like this was the perfect time to just sit back, kick your feet up and take it easy. Yep. And we also had a tour of the Walt Disney Studios. <sighs> How was it? It was so good, man. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. We're going to talk about Disney a little more in a minute, but uh, Uh I am so, every time I see these, these Instagram stories fly by, I get so jealous and Mm -hmm. so mad. And it's not that like the Sparkses wouldn't give me similar treatment. Yeah. I'm sure if if Aaron and me and the kids, if we showed up, I'm sure they would be just as kind with us as, as they are with you two. Um, but, but it's not, it's a, it's a, not an easy task for either you or me to get to California and for me for different reasons than you, but it's still not easy. Um, and so I, I haven't been out there, especially with the kids in, in forever. And I really, really want to make it happen. And I'm so jealous of you being able to bomb around Disney with your, with your tour guides who can probably get you into things that I can't get in and, and by myself. And it, it sounds incredible. We saw some awesome stuff that day, including like I held a real Oscar, like actual real yeah. one of Disney's Oscars, which is in the archives, which is apparently a very difficult room to get into the archive. That's, that's super cool. And I even have a badge which says like an enamel pin, you have been in the Walt Disney archives. Oh, that's cool. Which is, that's re- like, it's like you get a Walt Disney Studios uh, pin and you only get those uh, if you go in that room I think uh, but I when we you. were there me and Adina took which I think I think is our, the best photo we have ever taken so there is a statue I think it's called Partners I think is the name of the statue it's at Disneyland and it's Walt and Mickey holding hands you know what I'm talking about yeah I do mm-hmm. and they have it there uh it's good. It's called the Partners statue, and it's like a real, like a like a thing that people love. They take pictures of it, but like you can't get 
up to it. You can just look at it, right? But they have a replica of this statue at the Walt Disney Studios. And if you get in, it's in this uh, area where they have all of these uh, things, like these commemorative plaques for the Walt, for the Disney legends, where people are given like Disney legend status. It's kind of like a uh, people put their handprints into brass, you know, and there's mm-hmm. some pretty cool ones in there. Found the Steve Jobs one, which was given to him posthumously. Uh, so that was like a cool little area. I think it's called like the Legends Pavilion or something like that, the little area where they have this. And they have the partner statue there, and you can touch it, go up to it, like take your photo with it. And it's really interesting. The top of Mickey's ears are patinaed where people hold them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we took a picture emulating the pose. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's hilarious. Uh, and so, yeah, there you go. But I, And I sent these pictures to you uh, when we were there because I knew you would know what it meant and would be very yep. upset. I was very upset mm-hmm. because I knew what it meant. Uh-huh. This is the kind of trolling I approve of, actually, yeah. to be honest with you. No, this was very cool. So it was great. It was such a great trip, man. I couldn't couldn't have been more happy with how it went. And it did the perfect job of like drawing a line through the trouble that we had with the house, right? Yeah. So like yep, yep, yep. it was everything that happened before this trip and after this trip. Uh, and so that was like a, just like a really wonderful way of being like, all right, that was then now we're good. That kind of stuff. So I like no, that. That's incredible. Let me ask you a question. I mean this genuinely, I think it's going to come across very snarky and I don't mean it that way at all. I, I know that you love the Beverly Hills hotel. Mm-hmm. It's like what you like. I'm not trying to take anything away from you, but is there nothing that you've seen between California and England that would that would serve a similar purpose? Like, I don't begrudge you coming all this way. I slightly begrudge you not stopping in Podunk, Virginia. But nevertheless, I just I, it seems like such a hike to go all the way to California. Like, have you explored any of the warm places around you, and just nothing nothing holds a candle? I like lots of places in the world that I visited, but. This part of California, and we're not, you know, we we were at the Beverly Hills Hotel again, but we're not there the entire time. We're in other places too, as we've done in mm-hmm. other trips. Like we went to Anaheim for a few days so we could go to Disney, but also see friends. Like we went over and spent a day at the Sparks' house. Uh, we got to spend some time with Austin Evans and his wife and got to go see us. Yeah, so we have a lot of friends that actually live in sure. and around that area. So it's a good way to fit that in. But I mean... I'm sure that there are lots of places, but I haven't been anywhere that makes me feel as good as that part of California does. That's fair. Like, That's totally fair. I love that area. Like the weather's always really good. There's lots of things that I enjoy. There's like places to go. I love Disneyland. I love it. I adore it. And we get to go to Disneyland whenever we're there too. Like mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there are like a bunch of things that are in that area that call me back every time, you know? Like and so the answer is yes and no, right? Like, sure, there are other things. There are other sure. places that I've been to, places that I love. But it's not the same. And this is what I was looking for, you know? Yeah. No, that, that's totally fair. I don't, I don't mean to be giving you a hard time. We I got, just... like, an absolute killer of a deal on flights. That was why we did it. Oh, good for you. That's incredible. Like, we booked the flights in February or March. And they were just, like, so cheap. 
<laughs> right? So it was like, oh, we're going to do this. Like, it was probably like a quarter of the price that we paid oh. previously. Oh, my. That, that's significant. So it's just like, well, this just feels like a no-brainer. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And again, I I don't mean to like argue with you. I I I don't know how to make make it clear that I'm I'm not trying to like mm-hmm. beat you up or anything. If if you find a place you like, that that's what you like. And actually, to be honest with you, I am very much a Los Angeles area apologist. I don't know if I if I'm cut out to live there, but I love visiting the LA area, and I haven't done so in any meaningful capacity in a long time. But I actually really like LA, even despite the traffic, even despite, you know, a lot of different things. I really enjoy LA in a way that San Francisco just never really clicked for me. And I know that that's a very unpopular opinion. I'm not trying to say I'm right or anyone else is wrong, but I actually quite like the LA area. And, mm-hmm. and so it, it, everything you're saying, none of that, none of the things you've said, I'm like, Oh really? You know, everything you're saying like, yeah, okay, that tracks, uh, that makes perfect sense. And I totally understand. But I was just curious, like I've heard uh, good things about like parts of of Spain, for example, that strike me as having a similar vibe, having never actually been there. But but maybe it's maybe it's totally different. Who knows? It's certainly a different language, if nothing else. It is going to be different. But like Copenhagen, I I adore Copenhagen. Right, mm-hmm. it's a completely different kind of a trip. It's cold. Yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> especially totally like the times that I've been anyway, and like yeah, yeah, the yeah. food's different and the architecture's different, and like. It's just, these are all just different places. I could love them all, but this is the one I like the most. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. Now, you said you saw the Sparkses, you saw Austin and his wife. Mm-hmm. How much of this trip, both in terms of meetings and in terms of busy stuff, how much of this was work? Or It sounds like it was not a lot. I didn't record any shows while I was there, which that has been a thing that I have only done one other time, which is on my honeymoon. Mm-hmm. like the idea of me going somewhere and not recording anything that just doesn't happen i took no gear but i was working it was meetings and like seeing colleagues and that kind of stuff so there was work to it but there was also a lot of downtime more than i would normally have so that's awesome um, i'm super super glad about it so by the time you went to disney to back up a little bit by the time you went to disneyland your ankle was at least healed enough if not right as rain yeah, it was enough to get around. I'm still dealing with it though. So like when I was talking about like getting to the studio being a difficulty right now, this is one of the ways in which it's difficult. Uh, like mm-hmm. I'm struggling with it a bit and the pain is not subsiding. The swelling's all gone down, but still got some bruising, uh, mm. and still got some pain going on. I'm gonna give it a little bit more time and then I'm probably gonna go for some scans, which I just don't wanna do. Yeah, uh I hear but- that. I gotta. I feel like if it continues, I gotta make sure that I haven't done some more damage. But it currently is tracking from what I did last time, you know. So I know I took better care of it this time than when we did it in Hawaii. When I did it in Hawaii, <laughs> well, that's good. No, I, I'm glad to hear that. That you're you're at least slightly on the mend. Although, like you said, you don't want to let leave it too long if it's not getting better on its own. So I don't know. What what else could you do once you're healthy to prevent this sort of thing from happening in the future, do you think? Well, this is the stuff that I do do to help prevent these things from happening more often. Because I'll tell you from my personal history that before I found my own fitness path, these kinds of things happened to me way more. But mm-hmm. through using apps like Fitbot, of course, our wonderful sponsor of this episode, and focusing more on training, uh, I have been able to keep a lot of these aches and pains at bay. 
So FitBod is a fantastic app which has an algorithm that learns about you, your goals, and your training ability to craft an exercise plan that is personalized to you. Their app makes it so easy to learn how to perform every exercise. This is always a concern for me. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. How am I supposed to do this? Well, they have HD video tutorials shot from multiple angles to make sure that every exercise that you need to learn is a breeze. Personal fitness shouldn't be about competing with other people. It should be about something that's unique to you. You don't want to look to others and try and stack up against them because that's what you going to fall down that this is where i saw a big change because in using fitbod and just thinking about myself and having the app learn about me create and adjust this dynamic fitness plan it made me realize that there is a whole other thing to personal fitness which is just personal and that's why i love (laughs) fitbod you'll have instant access to your routine in their app so you can make progress on your goals from anywhere it can be really hard to balance work family and everything else going on in life it can be hard to make fitness a priority that's why you need a program that works with you not against you that's why you need fitbod it integrates with your apple watch Wear OS smartwatch and apps like strava fitbit and apple health so it becomes a part of your full picture of your personal exercise training and fitness program personalized training of this quality can be expensive fitbod though is just 12.99 a month or 17.99 a year but you can get a wonderful 25 percent off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me analog so go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me analog and you will get that 25 percent off your membership fitbod.me analog for 25% off. Our thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, uh, two and a half years ago, three years ago, something like that, um, we were, Aaron and, and the kids and I were in Disney World, not Disneyland, but Disney World, uh, for Declan's fifth birthday. Mm-hmm. And Michaela at the time was a little less than two years old. And Aaron and I pretty much decided then that when Michaela turns five, we're going to do the same thing. And I'm not sure if we're going to do this ever again. I don't know if we'll do it for when either of them turns 10 or what the situation was. You obviously are going but, to. I don't even know why you're lying Well, yeah, well, I will at some point for sure. But If um, you've done it but, twice in three years, you think you're never going to do it again? <laughs> Fair. Um, but anyways, one way or another, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we don't know when we'll do, it, we'll do it again, but we are going to go to Disney for Michaela's fifth birthday. Michaela turns five. My youngest kid turns wow. five in January. In That's like wild. less than a month. It's it's in the, kind of the middle of January, which is utterly bananas. That means that this very program has has been around for what, like eight years now? Because you know, it 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 predated her, it predated Declan by a tiny bit. It's it's bananas. But one way or the other, we are going to Disney World and we just told the kids uh, over the weekend, and they are overjoyed. They are super excited about it. Um, and I am super excited about it, but I'm also really worried about it mostly because I'm me and that's what I do, but also because this is a lot, a lot of new and different stuff for everyone. And the most obvious thing is this will be the first time that we have left. Will this be the first time we've left Virginia? Come to think of it. No, but it will be the first time we've left, uh, left home by plane Mm. since 2019 for, for me and the kids. And then Aaron actually was in Disney world for a marathon in February of 2020. So she got back right as people were starting to talk about, or the way I remember it anyway, right as people were starting to talk about this whole COVID thing. Um, so she was able to slot that in just by pure circumstance right before uh, the world ended. 
but we haven't been on a plane. None of us have been on a plane since, you know, most recently February, 2020 for Aaron or Declan's birthday. It was the last time I was on a plane was coming back from Orlando, uh, in, in October of, of 2019. And that's extremely weird for me. I mean, I think since I've been an adult, since I was in college, I don't think I've gone two years without having gone in an airplane. Like Mm -hmm. that's very, very unusual. And, and in and of itself, like plane travel doesn't particularly, well, I mean, I'm, I'm a nervous flyer because I'm a nervous human, but it's, it doesn't scare me anymore now than I think it did before. I'm a little nervous about our luggage, making it intact and on time. That's neither here nor there. I just, I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of people say that baggage handling is difficult if you're checking a bag. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, but that's what I've heard. I've been fine with it, right, on all the trips Mm -hmm. that I've taken. But yeah, it it can be an issue. My recommendation to you for flying in 2022, have a change of clothes in your check bag. You mean the carry-on or in the Uh, the, the carry-on bag? bag. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Just some basics in your Mm carry-on. Yep, yep, yep. Um, that, That is a good recommendation. Yeah, and I have also purchased... So I'd gotten an AirTag when they were brand new to put in my laptop bag. Mm Mm-hmm. Mostly so I could talk about it on ATP, but also because I thought it was cool and it made sense to put it in my laptop bag because that travels with me. Uh, but for for this trip, we got on on a Black Friday sale. We got a four pack of AirTags, and and yeah. so we will be putting AirTags in any piece of luggage that is going either in the plane or, or or under the plane. They're so good, man. It's so good for this. And like my favorite thing, right? You're at the barrack baggage carousel. Instead of standing around with everyone, like in the barge, like barging into you, trying to get in front of you, stand back. Just open the Find My app and just wait until the air tag re- reconnects, and it means it's close. And then you can yeah. go walk up to the baggage carousel. Yep. Yeah. I'm look. I'm looking forward to that because I'm a total dork. But um. But anyway, I'm I'm a little nervous about flying, just you know, because it would be terrible, particularly on the way down, if we caught COVID on the way. And obviously, we'll mask and do what we can to prevent that, and and try to be intelligent about it. I believe that planes are pretty decent, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. when it comes to air filtration and stuff, and so. You know, you just N95 it. I'm very confident you will get there fine. I, I sure hope so. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and my understanding to your point is that airplanes turn turn the air over, so to speak, mm-hmm. very, very frequently. So mm-hmm. so it's not really that terribly risky, knock on wood. It's not that risky inside the plane itself, but the airport can be a little challenging. Um, and to that end... Yeah, just find out of the way, right? Just get yourself out of the way. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And to that end, on the way down, because of timing, we couldn't find a direct flight that really worked for us. So we will be changing planes with the kids, which I don't think either child has ever done, uh, which will be a little bit of an adventure. We're doing this in Atlanta, um, and we have like an hour and a quarter, which, knock on wood, uh-huh. should be okay, uh-huh. hopefully. Um <laughs> But we will see. Um, okay. But the problem is when you're flying out of Richmond, Virginia, your choices are basically things north of here, things west of here, like O'Hare, or Atlanta or Charlotte. And so we went with Charlotte, or excuse me, we went with Atlanta because that's south and we're going in January. And we do not want to be changing planes, just even leaving aside the fact that it's going in the wrong direction. We don't want to change in Boston at JFK or anything yeah. like that in January because, oi, that is not what I want to do. So- one way or another, uh, we will change planes, which again, like I've changed planes a gazillion times in my life and Aaron has too. It's just doing this with two children is going to be a little bit of an adventure, but uh, hopefully it'll work out all right. Um, but there's a lot about Disney that my understanding is is quite a bit different than when I have gone you know, several times because we went yeah. for our honeymoon. We went for Aaron's 30th. We went for Declan's fifth. Um, so we've 
got an okay amount of experience at Disney World for people who live nowhere near there. But a lot is different. Um, some some stuff is silly and some is not. And actually, this was just discussed, I think, on Dithering. Uh, John ben and Ben it, were yeah. talking about um, yeah. that, like the Magical Express, which is what they call the buses that were quote unquote free uh, for you to take from the airport to the hotel. Those don't exist anymore. And what was so magical about it was that you would put your bags on the carousel, your checked bags on the carousel in Richmond or wherever you're departing from. And the next time you see them is in your hotel room. Like I didn't see them anywhere after the Richmond airport until they were in my hotel room. They had an arrangement with the Orlando airport. They would collect the bags, bring them to your room. It was amazing. Um, or maybe it was on the talk show with, uh, with Christine and John, as Sarva says in in the chat, that might've been when I heard it. But anyways, um, there's no magical express anymore. They have an equivalent that, but they don't deal with the bags. You have to deal with your own bags. Is this a big deal? Absolutely not, but it's less magical, you know? And so that's, that's a little bit of a bummer. Um, the other thing is the last time I was at Disney World, FastPass was still a thing. Yep. And and if you're Genie not familiar now, with this, baby. yeah, exactly. Yep. And you know more about this than I do at this point. Yeah. But uh, the way FastPass used to work is you could, well, the last time we went for Declan, we could sign up literally months in advance. We could get FastPasses for certain rides. And then once you, you know, start using them, you could try to get new ones and so on and so forth. And I didn't love that system, but I didn't actively dislike it either. Um, but now, and, th- and that was all free, well, as much as anything at Disney is free. Uh, but now you've got Genie Plus, which my understanding, and jump in when you're ready, Mike, my understanding is Genie Plus is an extra fee if you want to get like some sort of fast pass equivalent. I think it, at Disneyland is $25 per person per day. Oh, God, that's expensive. And so I think it's less at Disney World, but I think it's still not cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, on top of that, then there's uh, Lightning Lanes, which is like for pay fast pass, I guess. So like, or something. Lightning Lanes, Disneyland. I mean, this is the way it is at Disneyland. I expect mm-hmm. it's exactly the same as Disney World. Right, right, right. Lightning Lanes are kind of a part of Genie Plus and also not. So like <laughs> some, so say you have a Genie, what Genie Plus allows you to do is for a selection of rides at the parks, choose a time you want to go on them. Which is very fast pass ish. I'm not saying it's the same, but it's similar. Yeah. And you can book on that ride and it will be whenever it's going to be. The times fluctuate throughout the day depending on how busy the ride is. And once you've got a booking, you can't make another booking until you've completed the first booking. So if you mm-hmm. book, if it's nine o'clock, you book on a ride at 11, you can't book on any more rides until, say, like 11.03. And so mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. you would do, and this is my tip to you, when you're in the line, because you still get in the lightning lane line, right? When you're in the line for that ride, uh, then book your next ride, right? Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Because um, they tend to, 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 to uh, pardon the pun, line up pretty nicely. But all of that, when you do your Genie Plus thing, you enter the ride through the lightning lane. Mm-hmm. But there mm-hmm. are some rides that are, are an extra fee, or if you don't do Genie Plus, you still pay the same fee, and they are the most popular rides. So like Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is just a fee that you pay. Right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think Genie Plus might be just for adults, but you do need it for each person. I think I'm not sure about that though, actually. So you, maybe you can ignore me on that one. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Who knows? I recommend you do this, even though it's expensive, because it just reduces the amount of lines that you need to take. And if you yeah. if you plan it out right, like you've got to think, you got to be in the app, you got to pay attention to what's going on. You can do have a good day, like. We did, um, when we went, we did a day where we did the Genie Plus and then a day where we didn't, like David came and we just, we did some like more chill stuff. 
but mm-hmm. we got to hit every single one of our rides that we enjoy uh, by doing the Genie Plus stuff. Right. So, right, right. I, and we didn't this time. We didn't pay for any extras. We had done it previously when we wanted to do like Star Wars or whatever. But this time we did Genie Plus, and we just did all of the fa- all of the things that we want to do. And you don't have to do this, right? But I don't want to line up for three hours or whatever. Like <laughs> exactly. I don't want to do that. And like my kind of thing is you are in for so much money and everything's already so expensive. If you're into it, you can probably go another 25. Like maybe it's one piece of merchandise you don't buy. And then you actually get to go on the rides at Disneyland. That's the thing is, I mean, with without being uncouth, this is a many thousand dollar trip. You know? There's no so, other way to do it, right? Like that's what it costs if you're doing this. So if I'm already in many thousands of dollars, then to your point, what's another... 10 to in 25 to 35. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, so we're going to have to do the, the genie plus thing now on, on the plus side. Um, we're up at seven o'clock in the morning anyway. Like that's just when the kids are, are typically bombing out of bed. Anyhow. And my understanding is that's when you have to do all of the, you know, bookings and whatnot. Is it seven in the morning? You need to look into this a bit more. So some stuff. So like, if you want to make sure that you're going to get on certain things, like the the rides you pay extra for, you might need to get up in the morning to do them. Same for food bookings. But mm-hmm. for the rides as part of Genie Plus, you can't start your bookings until you're in the park. I don't know if, if that counts or if you're in a park hotel. And you can't book all of your rides. You only book one at a time. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't uh, wake up at seven and book five Genie Plus sure, rides. Sure, sure. You can't do that. So. Right, right, right. Well, well, I'll. I need to go and and do some YouTube's, you know, spelunking and deep diving. The great thing is, I'm sure that there are more than enough YouTubers that have got a full explanation for you for how <laughs> exactly. to use Genie Plus at Disney World. Yeah, and uh, and our our mutual friend Steve slash Stay, they went. Uh, Steve and his family went uh, semi recently, and they they braved all this, and so. We have a, a, a date, so to speak, with them where we've basically begged them, hey, can you give us the download on you know how all this works and so on and so forth. So And I'll say like, yeah, this sounds like this sounds really tough. And as Tony said in the Discord, like this sounds like a nightmare. I think it isn't, as long as you're happy to go in to do what they want to do. If I'm going to Disneyland, I want to get the most out of that day. Yeah, totally. This lets me do that. Like, yep, I agree. I'm able to go in and I know I'm going to ride like six rides for sure. And my longest wait time is going to be 20 minutes. That is what I want. Like when we went one day and we're like, we're going to do all of our favorite rides today. And it did take a few times in a day where we had to like stand and look at the app. And like, you're looking at like, where do I want to go now? What's a good waiting time? Let's try and plan this out. But as long as you're focused on that, like, and you don't have to do it all day, but just like certain points in the day, just like think about what, like, you know, me and Adina have to be like, all right, stop. We're not doing this right. What do we want to do today? And like, we thought about what that was. I'm like, great. That's our plan then. We're just going to hit these things off one by one. And as long as you approach it with that, which I think is not a very complicated thing to do, mm-hmm. you end up having a very full day, which we did. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, I think it'll be all right. I, I suspect that we'll, you know, have a couple of oopses at first while we're getting it under our belts, but it'll be all right. And, and in some ways I kind of prefer this because for Declan's birthday, we had to book literally like two to three months in advance. We had to book out like rides on individual days, which on the one side, yes, that was good. Cause we knew, or, you know, months ago that we were guaranteed to get in those rides. 
But like, even as someone who is super type A, even as someone who really likes having a good plan, even I was like, my guys, come on, can, do we really need to figure out what ride I'm getting on three months from now? <laughs> like, that seems a bit excessive. So anyway, so I, I'm curious to see how how the Genie Plus thing goes. The advantage of having two small kids is that I don't know, and I, I need to look into this, but I don't know how much of the Lightning Lane equipped ride, or the 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 one where you pay super extra, like Rise of the Resistance. I don't remember what they're called, but... Yeah, I don't know how much our kids are really going to want to do those sorts of things. They're the big, big rides, which I probably don't care about. Exactly. So in that sense, it actually kind of works out in my favor, because we may not even need or want to do that. Like obviously Aaron and I would, if it was just us, but because it's a trip for Michaela and to a lesser degree for Declan, you know, we might not end up going on rise of the resistance, which would be a bummer, but we'll see what happens. You know, and we may not go on space mountain. You have done it, right? I have never done. I've done a smuggler's run. I have not done rise of the resistance. I will tell you right now, do all you can for, even if like you have to do some kind of bargain, Get on that ride, Casey. <laughs> well, and so what happened when for Declan's birthday is yeah. that one night I remember I this. told Aaron, I'm gonna go and I, we went to Hollywood Studios, which is where the Star Wars stuff is in Disney World. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna bomb around Hollywood Studios for a couple hours after the kids go to sleep. Or are we cool? And she was like, Hell yeah, I'm just gonna sit here and do nothing. That's what sounds uh-huh. amazing right now. So I went in and I, I I got on Star Tours. I did that's when I did Smuggler's Run. I did one. Oh, I did Rock and Roller Coaster, which is one of my favorites at Disney World. And uh-huh. I, I was able to to bang out like do three that, or four rides in the span do of rise two hours. Of the resistance. So I bring all this up to say I have I have been very diligent on a Todd Vaziri style full media blackout on Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. I know almost nothing about it. Good. And so I plan and hope to either, as, as Lisa's mentioning in the chat, either do rope drop and sprint to Rise of the Resistance. Or just you know do the sign up, but for do it at like nine or ten at night or something like that, so that this way I can get on it. Prioritize that ride. I would tell you, like that is the best theme park experience I've had ever, ever anywhere. Now I'll say it only works once because yeah, that's fair. When you then do it subsequent times, you know what's going to happen because mm-hmm. it's not like you know, like a roller coaster is like thrilling every time. Mm-hmm. But these rides that, like in Indiana Jones, is kind of the same, where it's like you're, they're telling you a story kind of thing through the ride. Right. You only experience that truly once, and then the subsequent times you know what's happening, right? So like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not the same, but it's still a great ride. But that one is just like, oh man, like please <laughs> and, do and it, I, please I hope, please do it, Casey. I hope that both Aaron and me, because actually Aaron is a bigger Star Wars fan than I am. I like Star Wars just fine, but she like really enjoys it, and so then I'm hoping that you've both got that, to do it. You've both yeah, got to do it. that we can figure out a way for, and we'll probably have to do it individually. Unfortunately, how many days are you there? Uh, seven nights, eight nights. Oh, then like that. you We're, both can do this. Come on, uh, it should be fine. It should be fine. What time but do the kids we'll, go to bed? Uh, they're usually actively starting to fall asleep at about eight o'clock. So yeah, you can make that work. Especially on an extra magic hour night, because you know we're staying in the parks, so we get yeah. extra magic hours. It should be doable, but we'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, so we might not need to bother with lightning lanes in most cases, um, which will be good. But I'm, I'm just, I'm curious. I'm like, um, I have a little bit of maybe anxiety is a bit dramatic, but I'm a little nervous about how the genie plus thing is all going to work itself out. And I hope that we can show them a decent time. Now, part of the advantage of Michaela being born in mid January is that my understanding is that Disney World, and I presume similar for Disneyland, Disney World is a nightmare from right around Thanksgiving, and then it's really not great 
for a couple of weeks. Then it's mm -hmm. a nightmare again around Christmas and it continues to be a nightmare until New Year's. And then all of a sudden everyone disappears and we're going uh, you know, a few days after New Year's. And so my hope is that it's just not going to be terribly crowded. Now there is a race, I think the weekend we arrive, a marathon uh, that weekend. So it'll probably be busy right when we get there, but hopefully after that, it'll be really, really empty and we won't have too many people to, to fight, so to speak, for, you know, getting on rides and whatnot. Um, and the other thing that I'm a little um, curious about is that they, they don't do dining plans anymore. And uh, the way it used to work is you could optionally opt into a dining plan where, you know, there were different levels. But basically what we would do is we would get one like quick, like fast food style meal and one sit down like, you know, waitstaff style meal every day and a couple of snacks every day and you would just pay up front and you would know that that's your allotment for the time that you're there. And then you didn't have to think about it after that. And even though, you know, Aaron and I are both of the opinion, you know, in for a penny and for a pound or whatever, um, you know, we're going to be spending some money on this trip. It's still like, if you're looking at the menu and you see like, you know, Oh, this, this tiramisu dessert sounds really good, but then you see it's 50 bucks or whatever, which is probably an exaggeration, but with Disney, you never really know. Um, so anyway, when you're looking at that and you're looking at $50, then you might not buy that tier, you know, get that tiramisu. But if it's part of the dining plan, woo, who cares, baby? It's all free, except not, but it's all free. So why not? Uh, and so I'm a little nervous that we're going to nickel and dime each other and ourselves to death. Um, but hopefully, it's Disney, hopefully baby, you got to go in for it. Like I know, and I agree. If I you're agree. doing it, you just go in and you just you, this is just what it's going to be, and yep. you know that going into it, like it's going to be expensive. Well, also something that I really enjoy is the mobile food ordering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You can just order anything, and you just go pick it up. Like, like yeah. again, it's like all about times. They just give you a window. You go collect it. Like that's really good. But we were able to get into one of the restaurants in Disneyland. Like it, 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 and what I'll say, I guess the thing that we found out, the app tells you if like, oh, there's reservations available or not. And this, we we went to uh, the Lamplight Lounge restaurant in uh, California Adventure. It was lovely, but it said there was no uh, availability. But Adina was like, well, let me just go ask, and then we were sat in five minutes. So, still go check would be my recommendation to you, but. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I am, I am excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm super excited. And, and, I, and I'm Disney in, in a similar spirit, I think to you guys in the Beverly Hills hotel in the LA area, Disney is a kind of special place for us. And we've had a lot of big experiences there. Like I said, our honeymoon, Darren's 30th, Declan's fifth, now Michaela's fifth. I think part of the reason I'm so nervous about this trip is because I don't want it to lose its luster. You know, I don't want it to lose its magic. And I'm nervous that maybe this trip is not going to be all that I'm hoping and dreaming it will be. And I'm trying to internally like pump the brakes on myself and, and trying to not get too, you know, uh, wrapped up in, oh my gosh, this is going to be the most amazing trip ever. Uh, and, and try to be realistic about mm. it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a human, of course I'm, I'm excited and I'm super excited and I want to go and I'm excited to go. Then my recommendation to you is to make sure that you've got all your information checked, like tied up before you leave. So you're not doing that when you're there. You're not finding things out. Like like Trevor just put in Discord that extra magic hours aren't a thing anymore. I'll have to look into that. I thought that they were, but... Um, they took it away with COVID and I don't think they ever brought it back. Oh, huh. Interesting. This this link that that was in the, that's in the Discord is specifically about the Disney Vacation Club, which is not ex that that's not exactly the same thing. But the extra magic hours benefit was suspended when Walt Disney World reopened last summer. Oh well, there you go. Extra magic hours will not return. Huh. Well, turns out. 
Um, so anyway, so yeah, I need to get myself caught up on all those things. That's part of the reason why I want to see, uh, Steve and Kristen and talk to them about it yep. and, because like I said, they've been recently. Um, but anyways, uh, the only other thing that I'm, I'm very curious to see, and, and I'm also kind of scared of is how is, how are the kids going to be? And I say that because Michaela is very much a child of the pandemic and I, I love her to death. She's a wonderful kid, but she's very shy and she, I don't think she has like full on anxiety about crowds, but she doesn't love them because she hasn't had many occasions to be in a crowd. And even in mid January, you know what I think about when I think of Disney world crowds. So I'm a little nervous for her. You know, she's so shy and so tentative and so uh, kind of nervous about, you know, having a lot of people around and doing really different and new things which is kind of our fault because we were so locked down for so long. Yeah, well. um, but, you know, obviously, as we've mm-hmm. talked about on the show many, many times, what are you going to do? So I'm nervous about that. I'm also a little worried that Declan, for all of his great qualities, he loves being the ringleader. I, I don't know if you recall the story of him, like, bossing around all the kids on the beach this year, building, like, this massive river system. Um, and I think he will, in, in good spirit, be like, oh, Michaela, let's do this. Oh, Michaela, let's do that. Oh, Michaela, let's do this. You're going to love this. It's, it's so great. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. Ah! And I'm a little nervous that when we have to pump the brakes with him and say, hold on, bud, this is her trip. Let's let her decide, you know, and obviously it's our trip. You know what I mean? Like it's supposed to have at least some amount of focus on her. Um, And so I'm a little nervous that, you know, he's going to get his feelings hurt when we're doing what I think is the right thing and saying, hey, you know, let's let her choose right now and you can choose something later on, or you've already chosen 17 things. (laughs) Let's let her try, you know, or whatever the case may be. So these are all good problems to have. I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. in the end of the day, we are lucky enough that I can ask my boss for a week off of work and go on a vacation for my my kid's fifth birthday. I mean, we're incredibly lucky. I don't want to lose sight of that. But I'm nervous, and I'm I'm just I'm so hopeful that it goes okay. I'm sure it will. And I look, when are you going? Like it's after we record next, I assume. Yeah, it's shortly after we record next. And so and I'll, we'll be I'll be able to get the blow by blow enough every episode. And you know what? I'm yep. sure in our next episode will be full of more anxiety from you about. Oh, your trip. you! I, I think you are making a very safe bet, my friend. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh dear. This episode is brought to you by Trade Coffee. The holidays are approaching fast, so it's time to start thinking about what you're going to be gifting your loved ones. If you're looking for something to get even the hardest person to shop for, look no further with a personalized coffee subscription from Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup every day. Trade partners with the top-rated independent roasters in the U.S. to send you coffee that you're going to love, fresh to your home and on your preferred schedule. Whether you already know what you like or you're new to specialty coffee and need some help, Trade makes it so easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They've done this for me. I have found some of the best coffees that I've ever had at home through Trade. And you know, about the gifting thing, which I think is kind of fun, it's like, what do you get the person who has everything? More good coffee. because they'll always want it. Trade Coffee is the perfect gift for loved ones. They make it easy with their digital gifting options for last-minute shoppers. That's very good. You know, like you're on the way to the family gathering. You're like, oh, no, what did I get Uncle Billy? Buy them a Trade Coffee subscription. They also have coffee and equipment bundles if you want to give a physical gift and put it under the tree. And trust me, the quality of stuff that they find is fantastic, and they do all of the work so you don't have to, whether it's for a gift or whether it's for yourself. You know, if you love coffee and you know the kinds of things you like, or even if you don't, they're going to help you find some great stuff and pair it, and you're really going to enjoy what you get from them. 
So, treat yourself or the coffee lover in your life with Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering listeners of this show a total of $30 off a subscription and access to limited time holiday specials. Go to drinktrade.com slash analog. That's D-R-I-N-K-T-R-A-D-E dot com slash analog for $30 off at drinktrade.com slash analog. Our thanks to Trade Coffee for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Did you think, listener of Analog that you were going to get through this entire episode about not hearing us talk about Twitter? Did you really uh, think that yeah. you were going to get away with that? Oh, they're talking about vacations in Disneyland. How lovely. Oh, No, wonderful. we're also talking about Twitter. Oh, uh, Michael. Oh, my word. This is such a mess. It's Let me see. All right. Like, I want to just get layered around you because my feelings change every day. Where are you right now? So I'm... I'm in a really uncomfortable spot. And I mean that genuinely. I do not, I do not feel comfortable continuing to be on Twitter and yet I can't stop myself. And yeah. I know that again, I know that sounds dramatic. I know that sounds, I don't know, self-involved and it's probably both of those things, but I really mean it that I am deeply uncomfortable with all the things that Elon Musk is showing that he is. I'm pretty uncomfortable with the direction that Twitter as a corporation is going because of Elon Musk. I'm, I feel like in a way that I think liberal people like myself tend to get a little self-involved about, I feel like me being there is giving kind of tacit approval to all of these terrible things, which I don't know if that's really true, but that's what it feels like to me. Can't live your life that way. Cannot live your life that way. I feel like you, you, there are decisions that you can and can't make depending on how you feel or don't feel. But I think like the silence is deafening kind of idea is just like, yeah, I think you're I think you're right and I think that's that I'm taking too much burden on myself and honestly nobody really cares if I'm there or not <laughs> which is the other thing but be that as it may um I I love Twitter of 8 months ago. It had a lot of problems. Don't get me wrong. It had a lot of problems. And I'm guilty of doing a lot of the terrible things that people do on Twitter. I mean, I try not to, but I've done it. We've talked about it on and off this entire the entire run of the show that, you know, we you and I have had a very complicated and up and down relationship with Twitter. Um, I am still using it at least to some degree, but I am feeling less and less, less, it, you know what, to use a Merlinism, it doesn't feel wholesome. And I'm not sure what to make of that. And in the last 48 hours, as we recall this, Elon has had a trio of tweets in particular that got me pretty freaking triggered. And I say that both to make fun of myself and also to literally describe, like, I feel triggered by this. Um, obviously, for better or worse, for right, wrong, or otherwise, I feel very devoutly and very strongly that that COVID-19 is and was a thing and that it was important for everyone to do what they could to try to keep themselves, their loved ones, and the people around them safe. Um, and then over the last 48 hours, even though I don't follow Elon, you know, a trio of tweets have, have made it into my world. You can't be on Twitter right now and not know what he tweets. It's the same exactly. as Donald Trump. Like I blocked Donald yep. Trump and still knew everything he tweeted. Yep. It, it, exactly. Exactly. And so I saw him and I don't, I honestly don't know if we're going to put these links in the show notes. I'll maybe Mike will make a decision, but no, people can just go look at uh, Elon Musk's Twitter and they can get the, the flavor whenever they yeah, want. You can do a vibe check on Elon. Yeah. And it's pretty uh, obvious. Pretty what's quick. the vibes? What's right? the vibes on Elon uh, right now? Right. So the, one of them is like, it's a picture. I, I presume it's Lord of the Rings. I, I don't actually yeah. know, but it's uh, Lord of the Rings. It's Fauci whispering in, in Biden's ear. You know, they've been Photoshopped in as like Lord of the Rings characters and it says just one more lockdown. I can't, 
Beijing. And I'm like, okay, I can understand being annoyed at lockdowns. Well, maybe not as an American, because as I've said to you many times, our lockdowns are like nothing you compared to what you went them. through. Exactly. Um, but anyways, leaving that aside, you know, there's that, and that's kind of gross. And then the, the next one that I say, I don't think it's literally the next one. The next one that really triggered me was uh, him saying, my pronouns are prosecute slash Fauci. <sighs> I have so many problems with this. It is so mean-spirited, unnecessary, disrespectful, hateful. It's just friggin' gross. And then the final one, which might not mean anything to you, Mike, um, but as I think in result, in response to that tweet, he, have, he have, a few hours later said, the branch COVIDians are upset, LOL. Do you understand what this means at all? No. Okay. So in the early to mid-90s, there was a religious cult sect thing where there there were a bunch of these religious people, and and I think the leader was probably not of sound mind, and then presumably the rest of the people around him weren't either. But but anyways, they locked themselves in some sort of like, and I don't remember the details. I was ten years old at the time, but they locked themselves in a compound that they owned in Waco, Texas, and I think they had a lot of like firearms and things. I don't know if they were threatening to use them. I, I genuinely don't know. I don't remember. I was ten. But suffice it to say, this group, the the branch Davidians, um, they ended up getting attacked by the FBI, and most of them were killed as part of this like assault from the FBI. And it was a big to do. Um, Janet Reno, which is a political figure at the time, uh, was I forget what her position was, but she advised Clinton, who was the president at the time, okay, we need to go in and and um, and we need to you know resolve this this standoff that we've been having with the branch Davidians. Oh, I know this. I know I know of the siege. I didn't know the history, but like so I've seen I saw this. things on TV that have, that like are like in TV shows that are in response to this. Mm-hmm. Like exactly, that, like you know, like alternate history kind of. Yep, 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 yep. Exactly right. So again, hateful, unnecessary, and it's just everything about him. Like he fancies himself like this man of the people, in much the same way Trump did. He fancies himself this man of the people who's like sticking it, sticking it to the man. Mm-hmm. But he like in the same way, Trump was the most power, arguably the most powerful person on the friggin planet. Elon is arguably the most rich person on the friggin planet. And yeah, and these two, they're the ones the that are powerful. sticking it to the man. Yeah. Well, it's also, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Which also makes him the most powerful. But yeah, they're the ones sticking it to the man. OK. Yep, you're right. You're right. You're the one sticking it to the man. Go ahead. Pop off, King. Sure. And so I see all this and I see him allowing Kanye back and then not. I see him allowing all these just absolute dirtbag human Basically beings back in. Basically begging Donald Trump to come back. But Trump exactly, it, exactly. Which, which like, I know I just, annoys him, which I actually find uh, to be quite, quite oh, it's hilarious. wonderful, to be honest. Yeah, and and and, and, that, and he thinks he's like this amazing uh, the, uh, poop poster. You know the word I'm looking for here. He thinks himself, this uh, fancies himself this amazing poop poster in the way that Trump, for all of his terrible qualities, kind of actually is. And he's just not. He's not funny. He thinks he's funny. He's not funny. He's just... He's just gross, and everything around him is gross, and I just don't want to be associated with any of it. And but yet, but yet, because I have no self esteem slash self respect or something self control, uh, self control for sure, self control like. for sure. I here I am still looking at Tweetbot yep. and yep. still yep. 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 occasionally <sighs> tweeting when I have a question. I know I'll probably get an answer. Like mm-hmm. I might get it on Mastodon, but I'll definitely get an answer on Twitter. And so I'm stuck. Because I am of weak mind and weak self-control and weak of will. So that's where I am, baby. Where are you? So I was just say, like, I think this ties through threads together, right? 
of, of things we've spoken about in the past, maybe. Like one thing I will say my personal view on on Elon Musk right now is I don't think he believes a lot of the things he's tweeting. I think that he is just trying to appeal to a certain type of person. Which I actually think is worse. <laughs> right? <laughs> like I mean, it, everyone can have their own opinion on this, but I think that he is trying to he is aware of what causes engagement on Twitter and he, as the most followed person on Twitter and as the Donald Trump of right now, he is aware of his position and is using it. And what he is deciding to do is to appeal to a certain type of person who loves this kind of stuff and, you know, is all about it, right? And mm -hmm. I believe he does lean more right politically now, but I don't think... And this isn't out of any kind of respect for the man or whatever. I just don't believe that he believes a lot of the things he's saying, but is using them to get engagement. All right, to put a finger on the scale. Yeah. And just to, to like get more going on on the platform. And I think that's worse, right, than, than somebody who necessarily believes all the things that they're saying. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I believe Donald Trump believed all the things he said. Yeah. <laughs> Not but in a way that, like, there are a lot of Republicans that I think say things that they don't believe. Oh, totally. Right? And so, like, mm -hmm. I think that Elon is more on that side. And I actually think that there is something morally worse about that. Like, mm -hmm. That you are trying to lead people on uh, to, to for your own ends. And so what I does it say is, like, you know, we spent a lot of time in the past like talking about separating art from the artist and like if you do that or if you don't. Yep, yep, yep. And, like, my kind of feeling right now, like I also want to leave Twitter. I think I've come to this decision today that now I now I just need to put the plan in motion for how I'm going to do it. And I am in a similar boat to you of like how hard is it gonna be for me to pull myself away? Yeah. I have friends that have already done it and they're like, it's easy. And I'm like, maybe for you. But like, <laughs> I, I checked Twitter in between the two text messages we just exchanged. You know what I mean? Like, and that was true. It was like, and I didn't even know oh, I was doing gosh. it. Huge Casey energy there. Huge right? Casey so energy. So like, I, I, I now I've just got to work out how, like, how do I do yeah. it? Like, what are going to, what's my, like, what, what things am I going to do and all that kind of stuff. And I'll get to a little bit more in a minute of why I've decided to kind of make this decision. But, for me, it's not so much that, like, because Elon's saying bad things or whatever, like, that's part of it. For me, it's, like, where I think the platform's going, and I just don't agree with it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't agree with what he's doing to Twitter. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the teams that he's dismantling, the, the way that he is undoing the verification system, not because mm -hmm. I care about being verified, but because of what it, should be to be verified which is like that you are actually verified that you are the person you are not just like do you have money like i think right. there is a benefit right. in that system of like if this is supposed to be one of the things where i say this is me like that it actually can be proven to be me which you know i saw something he said he's going to remove all the odd verifieds in a few months so like, well he said that several times but i i hear you and i agree with you yeah, but they've now done it like this is like the if he's going to get this current one to stick, which I mean, it, it's only been in place for a couple of days and it's with the blue, but it seems like it's sticking better than the last attempt. 
he's going to want to get rid of the verification for people like me and you who got it for free because he wants us to pay. Mm-hmm. There's like half a million people that currently have it or whatever that he wants them to pay $8 a month for, right? Because that's like $4 million a month or whatever. Back of the envelope math I just tried to do in my head. But like <laughs> he wants that, he wants all of us to pay that money, right? Then rather than not. But anyway, so for me, it's just like I don't agree with where it's going. I don't agree with the teams that he's dismantling that are looking after important parts of the platform. I don't agree with the fact that he's bringing people back to the platform that shouldn't be here. I don't agree with the fact that I don't think that there is actually going to be a strong moderation policy going forward. Like, And that just so many things that I have cared about with that app, just they don't matter. I, I don't agree with what he's done to the company. I don't agree with what he's doing to people that have worked there, right? By like vilifying employees of the company, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is the kind of stuff I have more of a problem with than like the things he's saying to try and rile up his fan base, right? Like because there are always bad people at these companies, right? But like the way that they're run and the way that they deal with their people and et cetera, that's tends to be more of an issue for me, at least in this instance, rather than just like, did this one person say something problematic? It's also their actions and it's the actions that mean more to me. And his actions are just not good at all right now. No, the way, the way the, the layoffs happen. And I think everyone that, that has paid any attention to Twitter can agree that Twitter was probably carrying uh, too many people. Like they just had too many employees. And I, you know, for iOS developers, there's legendary stories, which may be, which may be BS, but the stories that we've heard is that there are people whose entire job was a single text box on a single screen. Again, I'm not saying that's true, but that's the stories that are told. And as an independent iOS developer from time to time, I can tell you there's not that much there. Like that seems a very, very small domain to have an entire human being doing, you know, 40 hours a week, you know, 50 weeks a year or whatever. Um, so I think it, it's not unreasonable for Twitter to, you know, shed a little bit of, of the, uh, to, to lay off some employees, but the way it was done to your point, Mike, the way it was done as is said so often these days, it seems that the cruelty was the point. And I don't know if that is actually true because given that he had to call a bunch of people and ask them to come back because he realized he screwed up, maybe it wasn't the point, but golly, it just, there, there are so many ways in which it could have been done that were less nasty even if he's a bumbling idiot, which I'm kind of, I kind of believe he is, but golly, there's so many ways in which it was just gross. I mean, uh, I subscribe to the idea that like the problem right now, I think I heard Neil Patel say this, like that unlike Tesla, unlike SpaceX, he has no plan for Twitter. And that's where we're seeing these like Mm -hmm. wild swings in product decisions. Like, because there's just no, they don't, they, what's, what's the goal here? Like, what are you attempting to achieve? I don't think that there is any kind of like, this is our mission as a company. Like, it doesn't exist. So it just doesn't really seem to be any logic in what's happening on a day to day basis. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So I think that's why it's like so scattershot right now as to, mm-hmm. to what he's doing. But so, like, all of these things from, you know, there is obviously the idea that I don't like who he's being. I don't like what he's doing. And I the service is changing because people that I respect are leaving. 
and people whose content I want to read are leaving, which makes it mm-hmm. even less of a reason for me to want to be there. More mm-hmm. and more of our audiences are leaving. So it's like, I, I'm kind of like, it's all chipping away. It's like, I don't want to be the last off this boat because I already <laughs> don't enjoy it. I mean, honestly, I'd stopped enjoying a lot of Twitter before him. And now yep. it's getting worse at an alarming rate. So like yesterday, two kind of things that made a mark for me, Neil Patel left Twitter. And then Casey Newton, who writes Platformer, wrote a wonderful essay. Um, Zoe Schiffer wrote a really great piece about just more of what's happening, like a bunch of stuff that I had no idea about, like because they do great reporting there. And then Casey Newton wrote a piece, um, and I think it's freely available. Um, I subscribe to Platformer. It's a wonderful newsletter. Uh, but wrote a piece about like where he is right now, how he's benefited, and how he doesn't want to be a part of it anymore, and what his plan is for moving away. And like these are two people who I really respect their opinions, and like, and so kind of reading everything that Casey wrote, I was like, mm. it just put that like thing in the back of my brain, and so. Yeah, I've kind of come to the decision that it's time to go, but I don't know how because I have pledged to myself that I'm not going to Mastodon. Yeah, and I heard you discussing this on Upgrade, and it's funny because just um, earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, I thought to myself because I, I, I've, I've been very scattershot on, on you know, coming into Mastodon and so on and so forth, and it occurred to me, wait a second, I don't think I follow Mike on there. I got to fix that, and then I went looking, and I found what appeared to be your account, and I'm mm-hmm. not, not asking you to confirm or deny right now, but. It occurred. It seemed like you had never touched it in years, and so then I thought, okay, that seems weird. Maybe that isn't Mike. And then I heard you talking about it on Upgrade, and then it made a lot more sense. And and it, it, you don't seem to be sold on the whole Mastodon idea, which I'm not saying is right, wrong, or otherwise. No, it's, but I it, mean, it, to me, it's just like I don't think I want to replace Twitter. Like when it's gone, it's it's all it was. Like, and then mm-hmm. I'm, it's just gonna be gone. Like there are things that I want to do to try and supplant some of the benefit that I've gotten and some stuff is going to take some time. Like I want to find new ways of gathering feedback from listeners that aren't just Discord. Like the Discord is awesome for that, but not everybody's in the Discord, neither will they will be, nor should they ever really. Like I, not every listener of all of my shows is going to be able to or have any desire to become a member and, and, and join Discord. You should, mm-hmm. but you don't have to. Right? <laughs> like, so, uh, you know, I get a lot of feedback there, but like it's a smaller group of people potentially, and I don't want it to be email. So I need to find something in the middle. I'm working on that. We're working on that. But yeah. I, I'm not really interested in replacing Twitter because... I had already been thinking about leaving Twitter and have been like flirting with it in my brain for years. So why, if I was actually going to leave, would I be like, all right, now let me go get the thing that's trying to pretend to be that? I totally intellectually understand and even agree with what you're saying. I think where I fall down is that Twitter is the best resource for me to ask a question of almost anything, actually, and get an answer. Right, but see, I've stopped doing that. For This is like part of the reason. is because if I ask a question, I get people saying to me, I can't believe you. You know, it's just like, 
That's true. You can't that's ask. True. So here's my thing, right? I've said this on the show before. Every time I tweet something that's not promoting or a response to someone, I ask myself the question, am I willing to lose the rest of my day to this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Good yeah. or bad? And 99% of the time, the answer to that is no. Yeah, I hear you. And I think that lately, for the last six to 12 months, it hasn't, I haven't gotten too much of that personally. The, hey, you know, how do you do such and such? Well, why would you want to do that in the first place? I definitely have gotten it. Don't get me wrong, but it hasn't been overwhelming. It only, but see, the problem is, it's like, well, look, it only takes one person to do it for it to annoy me. So, like, that's true. And that's that, true. That, those odds, those odds are too, too good. You know what I mean? So, I just <laughs> not I don't do it. I just don't do yeah. it. No, and I hear that, but, but, for me, occasionally when I'll have a programming issue, when I'll, when I'll, ha- I've recently been fighting uh, some stuff with Docker that's uninteresting, but suffice to say, I asked a question on Twitter. It didn't solve my problem, but it definitely pointed me in the right direction. And so when you're, you reach a point that you have enough of a following that you can throw something into the ether and then get something useful back, that is, inc- it's like having an AI that actually works you know like it's it's an incredibly powerful thing and it, you don't have to be a, a podcast host to get to that point i think once you have like one to two to three thousand followers you're pretty much there um but having that hive mind at, that, that you can choose to turn to is incredibly powerful and even though i like to think i only do it a couple of times maybe a handful of times a year it would be i, I don't want to give up on that you know what i mean and and that brings utility to me, like completely selfishly, that brings utility to me. And I don't want to give up on that. Now, I think I can probably get that from Mastodon, maybe from micro.blog. I, I'm not convinced that Mastodon is going to be the panacea or the this the you know the 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 perfect thing that everyone thinks it's going to be because and somebody else was saying this recently, maybe it was you and Jason, I don't know. But once you put that many people together, there's gonna be jerks. Yeah, like Jason no matter what, like yeah. it's gonna happen. So right now it may be all the cool kids. It ain't going to be forever. And so then we're back at kind of the same problem. I also have some qualms with kind of the way Mastodon is architected, which we don't need to go into right now. But um, I don't know what my future is going to bring, but I do know that every time I look at Twitter, even if there's nothing there that upsets me, the fact that I just spent time on Twitter, I now associate with the terrible things that the company has done or is doing. I I associate with the terrible person that's running it. And it just makes me feel icky. And I'm I'm pretty confident that's not a healthy feeling. And I'm pretty confident that I may need to reevaluate my, I mean, God knows I've been long since needing to reevaluate my, my relationship with Twitter, but I feel like it's become ever more pressing. And and I'm not sure what I'm going to do. And I deeply respect you saying that you're going to leave it. And if you have tools that you figure out to do so, I would love to know it. And I mean that genuinely. Because, yeah, no, I don't know what they are. Uh... But but I mean, it's been such a big part of my life because like you, I've met friends. And, and I'm like, I've, I've made, I've come to this, but I'm like, it's not like I'm going to do it today. Like I need sure. to, I need to sit and work it out. But like just on the current trajectory, I just can't, I just can't keep doing it and don't want to. So now like now I'm saying it out loud more so I commit to it. Yeah, and I'm I'm right I'm right there with you 
in desire, I know myself enough to know I'm not convinced that I'll follow through, but in desire, I'm, I'm there, I'm standing shoulder to shoulder, except I think you're going to actually walk in that direction. I'm not sure I'm ever going to move my feet, but, uh, but I don't know. It's just, it's such a tough thing. And, and I, your point that you made kind of offhandedly at the very beginning, which I think is important. And we have talked about, like you said, is there is the idea of separating the art from the artist. I personally and I'm not saying anyone else has to feel the same way. I personally think it's okay to watch Baby Driver, even knowing the cast of Baby Driver. I think that's an okay thing to do. Maybe not everyone can do that, but I think that's an okay thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think it is okay to continue to use Twitter and also say that it, everything about it is disgusting. But to that end, like, at what point is this just not healthy? And I think the answer is probably 10 years ago. It got to that yeah, point. I'm, you know what I'm, I mean? I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing yeah, this yeah, yeah, to yeah. make a stand. No, totally, totally. Because my stand is not big enough, right? Like, yeah. me making a stand is not enough of a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't believe. Yeah, maybe it will impact 20 people, but like, that's not going to make any meaningful change. But I, I'm doing it for me. That's who I'm doing it for. I'm not doing it for anyone else. I don't know. It just it makes me super sad, though. It really does make me sad because... For all of its many faults, even you know six months ago before Elon came in and really torched everything, for all of its faults, Twitter was and is in many ways still an amazing, amazing achievement. And, I and owe my an entire thing. career to it. Exactly. And I feel the same way. And so I think to some degree, and again, I know I'm being, apparently this is the Casey's dramatic episode, <laughs> if, not, if the other 207 or whatever before weren't. But anyways... Um, I know it's a little dramatic to say, but I think to some degree I'm mourning the loss of Twitter. Yeah, I'm still, like I said, I'm still there. I'm still participating, but it is not what it was. And mm-hmm. I don't think it will ever be that way again. And I'm, I'm mourning that because for better or worse, it was an immense, incredible part of my life in my, both my professional life and my personal life. And I have built incredible relationships off of Twitter. I would argue now, granted, my memory's garbage, but I would argue a lot of our friendship started on Twitter. You know, we met in person for the first time, but I don't think we really got to be particularly friendly until we started, you know, exchanging tweets back and no, forth. No, I actually don't think that was correct. We didn't really know each other well at all. And then when we met in person, we immediately fell in love. And well, like, and I that's genuine. That. No, but like, me and you had never really conversed very much. Like, I felt like I didn't really know you except for oh, listening agreed. to the agreed. show. No, and totally. So that meant that me and you didn't like exchange DMs or like you know or whatever. Uh, it took us meeting in person to to realize that I we agree were with best that wholeheartedly. Forever. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I my recollection, which again I would believe Mike over me, is that a, a lot of the friendship building. One, I mean, yeah, we had already fallen in love at this point. But Arthur, the friendship yes. building. Yeah, 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 I think a lot yeah, of that yeah. came from just you know quips that we would send back and forth to each other about dumb stuff a lot of which was happening on twitter not all of it but a lot of it and and so in so many ways i owe so much to twitter and i'm sad to see some wingnut come in and just eviscerate it and i think it's you've said this already mike but i think the trajectory was already kind of clear it was gonna happen regardless it was gonna happen (laughs) but and and maybe maybe it's better that that he is you know pouring accelerant on the fire that was already there and it's just gonna you know whatever happens is going to happen and happen quicker but golly if it doesn't make me really really sad and and i just wish it didn't have to be that way I, I will feel better if I'm the one making the decision rather than the company going out of business and then it being taken away from me. At least I'll feel like I have some kind of agency in it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. So I, we'll see what time brings. Like I, I, I'm being genuine in saying that I really, I don't think it's wholesome for me to continue to spend time on Twitter, mm-hmm. but yet I am, I am weak of will and I don't know that I'll be able to, to, to rip myself away from it. And, and maybe what I'll do is I'll do like, cause a few years ago I did a one week Twitter break and that was sort of kind of part of this show. Um, and that was mostly fine. Um, maybe I'll try that again and see how it feels. Maybe I'll never leave and it'll take the thing shutting down before I, you know, maybe I will be the last rat and jumping off the boat. Who knows? But I do know that I am ever more uncomfortable with any amount of time I spend on Twitter. And I, I think I need to have some sort of reconciliation with myself as to what I'm going to do about it. We'll see where we are next time. Yeah. Can we, can we end on something happy? Do we have time for like a couple of quick recommendations? Yes, and I do have something happy to end on today, actually. Oh, perfect. Well, let's go with that. This episode of Analog is brought to you by Squarespace. This this isn't the thing, by the way. Like, I have, we have things to say. <laughs> I do love Squarespace, but that's not what I was leading into. <laughs> Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Products, services, even the content that you create. Squarespace has got you covered, and they do it better than anyone else. Hey, if you're looking to leave somewhere and get a website, Go to Squarespace. They're powerful blogging tools for you to share your stories, your photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize them, share them, schedule your posts to make them work for you. If you want to then maybe appear in people's inboxes, you can stand out with Squarespace email campaigns. You can encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers and start them on the journey to becoming loyal customers, loyal readers. You just start with an email template and customize it by applying your brand ingredients, your site colors and logo. They have built-in analytics so you can measure the impact of every send and really make it the best that it can be. And if one day you decide, hey, I want to sell some stuff. They have online store capabilities that are as good as you could ever wish for. You can sell physical or digital products. Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling things online. Just go to squarespace.com analog and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code analog to save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com analog. And then when you sign up, use the offer code analog and you'll get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show. A thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. So what do you have? I get the feeling that you are a HGTV person. <laughs> um, I have been on and off throughout my time. The problem is, is that while I enjoy a lot of the things that HGTV uh, shows, mm. I am not a particularly handy person. Mm. And so... It's not the sort of thing where I can watch them, I don't know, like put a new floor in a room and I can go and be like, yep, that's something I can do now. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but you like, don't have to be good at these things or even capable of these things to enjoy the content. Like, I know we've spoken about Chip and Joanna Gaines before on this show, and I know they were on HGTV. I know you've mentioned them to me before. Yeah, I do enjoy it from time to time. I, I, am, I am in a lull right now. Like, I can't think of anything that I've watched in the last year or mm-hmm. two that's been on HGTV, but I have nothing against it, and I, I do enjoy it. Well, my friend, allow me to help you. Okay. So when we are in America, we watch Food Network a lot. Uh, I used to love Food Network. Mm. I don't watch it near as much anymore, but I used to Chopped. love Food Network. Love Chopped. Chopped is great. Bobby yep, yep, Flay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, on this vacation, during a lot of relaxing time, 
hanging out in the room, watching a bunch of TV shows, you know, Christmas mm-hmm. cookie challenge, all that kind of stuff on Food Network. Mm-hmm. Now, it was a show that uh, you know, we watched a lot of this time, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. You know what? I, Way better than I thought it was. No, I don't care what anyone says. I freaking love Triple D. I think it's a great show. Triple D, Triple G. We're watching them all, baby. I, I don't know why, but I feel like in my brain, I'd just written off Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good show. He's great. And the thing is, he, uh, he has or appears to have mm-hmm. an incredible capacity for just not giving a crap in the good way. Like, yep. he is who he is. If you don't like it, that's cool. If you like it, even better. But he's that's who he is. And I I, I really enjoy uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. I haven't seen Guy's Grocery Games, but I, I've seen like five minutes of it. But uh, I love Triple D. In fact, it's funny you bring this up because just in the last week or two. I feel like I've just given you like, you just got amnesty and you're like running with it. Yeah, Someone said that so. you're allowed to like it, and yeah, now oh, you're I'm just here, like baby. having it. I am you know? here for it. Uh, no, it, uh, a week ago, so every the, the, there's a point here, I promise. Uh, every Wednesday, Aaron and I have gone out to lunch for the last few weeks because uh, Michaela stay, stays late at preschool. She stays all the way through lunch. Normally, she comes home right before lunch. And so, of course, uh, you know, I pounced on that, and, and Aaron did as well, and we decided, okay, we're going to go and have lunch dates, which is about the best we can do these days because childcare is really hard to find for us. So anyways... So I wanted to bring Aaron to a place that a friend of mine, Sam, had brought me a few weeks prior, which I had vaguely remembered was on Diners, Drives, and Drive-Ins and Dives way back when. Mm-hmm. And so just in the last week, I went uh, spelunking through the back corners of the internet, trying to find any episode of Triple D that, had, that featured a restaurant in Richmond. And I came up with most of them. Uh, and so I, I, that it encouraged me to start rewatching a little bit of it. And, and again, I don't care what anyone says. I know it's super trendy and cool to hate on Guy Fieri, but I think he's great. I think the show is great. And I am so here for you giving me amnesty on it. I, you know, I could get, I don't know anything about Guy Fieri, right? Really. But when I watched that, I was like, hey, he seems like a nice guy. I and like, agree. And I don't I know agree. why I didn't think he was, but like, he seems like a good dude. I agree with you 100%. I don't know if that's true or not, but I agree with you 100%. Like, I, I, you know, his Wikipedia page doesn't have a controversies part, so that's going to be good. <laughs> you know? But anyway, uh, Guy Fieri, whatever. The reason I'm here is not to talk about Guy Fieri. I'm here to talk about Hometown. Okay, what is this? HDTV show hosted by Ben and Aaron Napier. They live no in a town called Laurel, Mississippi. Okay. The, and the premise of this show is what drew me to it. It is a home improvement show where they, you know, like many of these things, like these makeover shows, they take the two people or whatever, three people, they want to buy a home, right, to live in. It's like a family. And they get the home, they renovate it, and that's it, right? They only renovate shows in their hometown of Laurel, Mississippi. Oh, that's kind of cool. So their, their thing is making their hometown better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the people that live there, for people that want to live there. Like, they were doing this before, and it seems, I don't even know exactly how they ended up finding this, sh- like, you know, how did they find HGTV, or how did HGTV find them? Apparently, mm-hmm. like Adina was reading something, this was the show that replaced Chip and Joanna Gaines' show on HGTV. Like, oh, interesting. when that okay. ended, Hometown kind of replaced it. This is, like, the most wholesome. I love the two of them as a couple. They're so adorable. Uh, and like everything about the show is just very wholesome. I love it. 
Uh, this is just a wonderful show. I really recommend it. Me and Adina you know, are just tearing through it right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, we are obviously in the right space to uh, yeah, totally to take this content, and it's actually good. It's like it's helping us think about some things that we would want to, and like helping us realize that again, like some things could be worse. You know, like you see some of the shows like could be worse. Um, mm-hmm. And we just now like, we signed up for Discovery Plus because like Discovery Plus has all of these episodes, which is like so rare that like a streaming service will let us access all of the content of an American TV show. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is just unbelievably rare for us. Like, you know, like I can't get HBO Max. It's just like not a thing I can get even if I want to because of deals. Huh that HBO uh, have or Sky, right? Like there are just so many of these things where it just doesn't work out that way, especially for content like this. But Discovery just, you know, they'll they'll let us have it. Maybe it'll be taken away from me when Discovery Plus and HBO Max merge, but we're going to blast through all five seasons. We're like halfway <laughs> through already anyway. I love this show. I And I, you know, I'm now following the couple on Instagram. They're so friggin' adorable. Uh, you know, I'm looking for good, role models for being a good husband Mm, like that's mm -hmm. the thing that i've been like looking for for a while um and just like to be a better family man and to be a better person and i feel like i'm looking to to these two as well like they have a very good relationship they seem to really care about each other and like why is that like how do they do that that kind of stuff so and how do they show that so yeah i yeah, this is awesome. It's a wonderful show. Could not recommend it more. But side recommendation for Guy Fieri in general, you know? Just like, a a thousand percent. You know so speaking I mean? of Guy, I'm glad you brought that back up because I was going to say Guy, apparently, um, he, uh, his wife, or excuse me, his sister passed away in 2011. And apparently uh, Guy and his wife, Lori, took in their kid and are raising the kid. He also is a, uh, a well-known uh, car collector. Obviously, the uh, the Camaro that's on Triple D every pretty much every episode. So two two counts in the good column. Do I imagine book. he's perfect? No. Oh, of course right? not. Of course but not. Seems like a good dude. I don't know. Seems like a good dude. I agree. Um, building on what you were saying about uh, the what is this the Napiers uh, from hometown? Uh, I recently came upon a couple on Instagram that I really, really enjoy. They're a few years younger than me. And so I think they've only been married a couple of years and that there's nothing wrong with that, but they're on a slightly different stage of life than, than Aaron and I are. But I still think that they, they are just fun and funny. And I really enjoy like their Instagram presence, which uh, is absolutely manufactured. Like, can I just say real quick, just doing some Googling, there are people that say he's homophobic. If he is, that really friggin' sucks. I don't know if that's oh, true, no. but I just want to say, if he is, oh, that no. sucks so bad, right? And no. I didn't know that. And if that's the case, I hate it. I don't know oh. that's the case, but I'm yeah. just saying, some people say it. And if that's true, uh. oh man, Guy Fieri, you broke my heart. But no, know, if he's not, right? then great. He seems like a good dude. Right, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, and I'm sure he's done or said something terrible at some point But everybody or another, but, has. But everybody has, everybody has. So anyway, so back to these Instagram people. I don't know if I would go so far as to call them influencers, but it's, you know, that kind of a thing where what they post is definitely manufactured, but I still find it fun and adorable. So it's a husband and wife couple. Uh, the husband is John, J-O-N, no H, John dot B-O-U-F-F. Uh, John Boof, Buff, I think, something like that. And his wife is Alexandra Madison on Twitter. Uh, two N's on the end, Alexandra Madison. And um, anyways, uh, they they each post different reels and, and stories and things. And I, I think they're really funny. I had been following them for like six months or a year, something like that. And a few weeks ago, I was you know looking at Instagram, looking at their stories. And they said, oh, we are, we are moving to Los Angeles. 
okay, that's cool. And they oh, we're going to drive because they had a dog and they decided to drive the dog to, to, LA, to LA for whatever reason. And so they put up a YouTube video and I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes. They put up a YouTube video and they, they did a YouTube video about their drive across the country. And they, I knew they were somewhere on the East Coast. I had no idea where. Turns out they were in Richmond. I had no freaking clue. <laughs> I had been following these people for like six months or a year, and there they were in a suburb of Richmond. I had no idea, which I just thought was very funny and a very small world sort of thing. And apparently, John uh, is an alumni of Virginia Tech, like uh, yours truly, which I thought was funny. But uh, more on point, uh, my recommendations very, very quickly for for this month. Uh, it is the Christmas and holiday season, so I wanted to call to your attention uh, three things. First of all, I have to bring up Claymation Christmas, which I made you watch several years back. Episode ninety six. Thank you. It is that time of year. How can you not? Uh, secondly, uh, Lindsey Sterling, the uh, violinist that was on, I don't know, like, uh, So You Think You Got Talent or something like that. Um, I think most people know who she is now. Uh, she has a new uh, Christmas album called Snow Waltz, which is pretty good. Um, I think some of her other stuff is better, but it's still pretty good. Uh, but more mic speed. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week, maybe it was the week before, uh, Diane Sawyer, who is a news host here in the States, did a one-hour special on Love Actually 20 years later. And so she did interviews with a, a lot of the cast of Love Actually. And I I really like Love Actually. Aaron brought it to me. I had never, I don't think I'd even heard of it before I met Aaron. I really love that movie. I know not everyone does. Don't care. I love it. And so, so Diane, Do- uh, Diane Sawyer did this one hour interview with, you know, a bunch of the cast. And with the exception of Hugh Grant, who seems to be completely self, self-absorbed and a complete turd, other than Hugh Grant, everyone was so delightful, oh. and it was such a such a lovely, lovely hour of television. And I don't know if that's something you can get from the UK. I mean, I just I found it, and it's like okay, no, and, they, and they, it's like an error has occurred. It's like yeah, oh, you course, know where I course. am. Yeah, exactly. But uh, if you can find it some way somehow, and Mike, I bet you could find it. Um, then it's definitely worth watching because it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's not riveting television, but it's just adorable, and it and I love that movie. And it, it that movie is part one of the ways I I think it feels like Christmas. And so, uh, the 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 interview was there. The interviews, I guess I should say, were really cute. So I recommend all of that. Jason nailed it. Look, as much as it kills me to say this, he's a local and a totally good dude. Yes, yes, yes. We have survived. All right. If Jason That's says excellent it, news. we've got snow shit, we got the snow shield now. <laughs>